Hello, and welcome to the Platform Podcast, part of the Marketplace Risk Master's Program. The Master's Program offers a full suite of virtual content, engagement, and resources focused on risk management, trust and safety, and legal strategy for startups. Be sure to download the mobile app from the Master's Program on the Marketplace Risk website to connect with hundreds of participants, speakers, and sponsors directly. The Master's Program is presented by Aon, Checker, PackSafe, and we want to thank them and all of our sponsors, including Appers Insights, King & Spaulding, Seifarth Shaw, Sitter City, Spectrum Labs, Tint AI, and Willis Towers Watson. Check out the Master's Program Sponsor Center on the Marketplace Risk website for more information about our sponsors to view content they have contributed and to contact them directly. Thank you for tuning into the Platform Podcast, hosted by Marketplace Risk's L. Tucker, a former journalist who writes, speaks, and consults on the sharing and gig economy. L. is also the chair of the Marketplace Risk Advisory Board. Please note, this podcast has been prepared for informational purposes and is not legal advice by the Marketplace Risk team or the presenters. The material discussed should not be construed as legal advice or a legal opinion on any specific issue. We urge you to consult a lawyer concerning your own situation and any specific legal questions you may have. Please contact us at info@marketplacerisk.com, and we can put you in touch with the appropriate professional. And now, without further ado, I will hand things over to Elle. Hi, and welcome to the latest episode of the Platform Podcast from Marketplace Risk. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to somebody on the other side of the globe, and that is Beck Fay of Marketplace Playbook. She is a marketplace optimization, optimization and growth specialist. Welcome, Beck. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Um, I loved your um, session, the master's program session that you did for us. Um, it was fascinating and just so much content in there. Um, I was scribbling down notes. The title was Amplify Your Growth, the seven little known yet essential trust principles used by winning marketplace platforms. So can you tell me a little bit about what you do and how long you've been doing it for? Because you have quite a a fearsome CV. (laughs) Yeah, sure, sure. Well, um, my background, I guess, was originally in UX and product design. Um, That was kind of going back about 13 or so years now. Um, But over the last uh, six or so years, I've really specialised in um, two-sided marketplaces and and multi-sided platforms. Um, particularly marketplaces uh, and yeah in that time I've um, done all sorts of things all sorts of projects I've worked on um, and I've been also consulting with um, yeah, many marketplaces over the last few years in really helping them to understand um, the intricacies of the market for growth um, so uh, in, in that time I've developed a marketplace map which allows us to really dig into the core elements that go into building a marketplace product uh, and that enables us to really start to um, focus in on, uh, number one, building a really strong foundation from the beginning to somebody who's just starting off with a brand new platform. And for people who have an existing platform, it makes us it makes it quite easy for us to, well, easy is probably the wrong word, but <laughs> allows us to really jump in and um, understand exactly kind of where the weak, weak points are within a marketplace and helps us to really optimise that platform accordingly. 
And you used multi-sided platforms. And I do get people asking me about this because obviously the sort of classic marketplaces, the two sides, and I talk in terms of users and providers a lot of the time. Um, what would be a, an example? And I, and, uh, I suppose I've come across three-sided marketplaces before, but what would be an example of, of um, a marketplace you might have worked with that would have had more than one, more than two sides to it? Yeah, good question. Uh, I guess, uh, look, there are so many different marketplaces out there and um, and I'm finding that it can be just a matter of um, people really having, uh, excuse me, it is quite late at night and my brain is starting to say it on me already. <laughs> so this, is, this is the joy of our global our global world of, of platforms means that we can have these amazing meetings across the globe, but we're all on different um, timescales, aren't we? <laughs> That's it. That's it. So what I've found is that quite a few of the platforms I work with are, um, are either kind of the later stage um, marketplaces that are kind of in that scale up stage, um, and quite a few are also kind of exploring in the early stage um, stages as well, where they um, might have gone from having two sides, um, and then they've actually realised on doing some assessment, doing some validation of their marketplace concept that they've had to add in a third side, or potentially they were talking to to the wrong kind of side initially. Um, the one that kind of comes top of mind and I, I can't really get past it at the moment is that the fact that um, there was a startup that I was working on a while ago um, and that involved having um, Airbnb um, hosts uh, on one side and then on the other side you had um, uh, people who were uh, makers and artists that would actually that would connect with Airbnb hosts in order to decorate their place. Mm. Um, what I found in working with that platform um, and doing a lot of research was the missing piece of that puzzle was really an interior designer to actually come along and bring that all together. So that was a really, really interesting project that I was working on. It was one of, one of my startups that I was playing around with a few years ago. And, um, yeah, it, it was it was quite interesting to kind of see how that evolved. And that's quite a typical story I found as well, yeah. those early-stage startups mm -hmm. where it does tend to evolve. So creating that, that so, extra side, that's fascinating. Um, I talk, yeah. I talk a lot about the the whole peer to peer transaction and and how different that is from a, a traditional I suppose traditional business transaction what we all might be used to how we access our goods and services from a company and it's just um, the company and and we're the customer and I suppose mm -hmm. that um, it's technology that enables that that peer to peer transaction that multi sided or two sided transaction that we're talking about. Um, but that technology, I suppose, in a way, has to be quite complex because it it's not as simple as just connecting two sides. But when it all began, I suppose it, it would have been reasonably um, simple because, you know, technology wasn't that complex then. Um, have you worked, because you've worked in this space for a long time, how, how was it at the beginning? Because I suppose that although it was about just connecting two two groups of people then um, I suppose that was fraught with problems and and the way that technology improves it, it can make that that process a lot more complex mm. but then I suppose also a lot smoother is is that right yeah yeah no I definitely agree um, I think one of the, the big observations I've made kind of in this space um, kind of brings me back to quite a few years ago where I was kind of exploring in uh, educating people about how to utilize technology utilize internet 
to earn a flexible income. And this is kind of really what brought me into marketplaces in the first place as far as my passion. Um, and I found this is going back to maybe about 2011, um, maybe 2010. Uh, and people at that point in time weren't really um, uh, – people were very hesitant about um, earning money online essentially. So if you think of your suppliers of, um, say, Airbnb hosts, for example – People would have been very, very critical of listing their platform, uh, listing their house onto Airbnb. Um, obviously, they did start doing that around that point in time. But um, what was really interesting was that people, they were really, really hesitant. Um, and I think the mindset's changed. And that's been kind of one of the big things that I've really noticed that really evolved over time is how people's willingness to trust platforms have really evolved. Um, and also the need to really... Um, the more people that are uh, more people, more listings that are listed on these platforms, uh, the more important it is to have really important, uh, really useful matchmaking uh, abilities within the platform to really help the users be matched up correctly. Um, a lot of the time, um, we've seen um, like search experiences, for example, uh, where the listings are there. Um, but somebody's trying to find a particular thing, if the search experience isn't actually working for them, it's going to uh, mean that they can't actually find that listing that's relevant to them, which is obviously going to impact on, on the journey and their experience of that particular platform. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I think there's a, a few different kind of parts to that, but I think, yeah, the mindset of people is certainly mm-hmm. something that's been um, very interesting to see how that's evolved mm-hmm. and um, people's willingness to really trust um, trust platforms in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah yeah it's been quite quite interesting to to watch and you talked in depth during your master's program session about the the sort of trust and credibility part of this amazing marketplace map that you've created which I'm fascinated by and I, I was I was hoping we could just sort of go through it um not in much detail because of of time constraints but just really to sort of have a look at that map and and lay it out on the table um figuratively just to see what's on that because I know that in terms of what people focus on when they're creating a marketplace it can quite often be one area of this um or a couple of areas but to see it all laid out there and see the things that are important and how you've defined them is is amazing um so I mean just to really sort of talk about these these eight areas obviously you've got supply and demand up there and and that quite often to me is 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 the main thrust um, of a two-sided marketplace and what people tend to focus on can you sort of talk us through the other areas of the of the map as well yeah yeah sure so the marketplace map it really focuses in on um the eight pillars of marketplace success uh, and that's how i refer to them um essentially the the number one pillar um of that is um, this is what you can see visibly on the map um, now, I guess it's hard to, to – I'll, I'll try and describe the marketplace map given that we're, we're in an audio format at the moment. Um, but the marketplace map, it visually shows these eight pillars um, in a way that really kind of demonstrates how a marketplace is pulled together. Um, now, we've got on the, the far left-hand side and the far right-hand side, we've got the sides. Um, and this is your pillar number one. And this is one of the, the most critical um, pillars that I find and there's some really critical areas within this particular pillar that you need to really focus on uh, and this is absolutely critical for those who are in the early stage um, of growing a platform um, but it's also one that we need to come back to time and time again 
for uh, no matter what stage the marketplace is at, um, it really is like there's, there's so many fundamental um, features within these pillars that, that need to be nailed. Um, so that that side that's being the sides uh, mm-hmm. is yeah your supply on the left and your demand on the right. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you imagine at the beginning at, at the middle of your page, um, now for those of you familiar with the the lean canvas or the business canvas, uh, it's a very similar concept. So you've got the one one page and you can see the full map there visible. Uh, at the centre of the page, you've got at your core, uh, and in your core are things like your value proposition, your product to market fit. Uh, and things like that and this is where you can start to really um, pull together it's basically where the two sides meet essentially so this is yeah where absolutely all the 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 fundamental uh, elements as to what your actual marketplace is about where you really evolve your pitch and things like that would that be where your brand Uh, would go as well is that the brand part I mean obviously that's my my kind of favorite part but um I I suppose (laughs) I like seeing the 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 brand as the kind of almost like the center of the of the map um yes definitely definitely so uh yeah so the the brand comes under there as well Uh, your brand messaging as well which I find is really critical Mm. um a lot of marketplaces I find have a um might feel like they've got a an obvious value proposition, but the way they're communicating it to their members on both sides of their marketplace may be a, a little bit off, and that can cause a lot of friction um, in getting people to actually sign up for their platform and, and utilize their platform. Um, it also includes things like your key success metrics um, and a marketplace health score, where you can really start to understand exactly how healthy your marketplace is, um, and also looking at things like your core conversion funnels as well. So, yeah, so the, the core is um, it's quite an interesting one. And, again, mm-hmm. this is one of the very, particularly in the early stages of a marketplace, that you're really focused on getting these things right. Mm-hmm. And as your marketplace grows and as it scales, um, we come back to this and evolve this um, in, on, on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. And so do you find that people, you know, really early stage startups that you've worked with, really overly focus on the supply and demand without enough attention on on that core in the middle yeah yeah definitely I think one of the the big um challenges and the the mistakes that people do make in the early stages is not um not testing some of these core elements um as as quickly as they can and they kind of skip over some of the vital elements as well which really trips them up later on Mm-hmm. So um, one, of, one of the things to really dive deep into in the sides pillar is really understanding the core um, of the users as far as their um, their needs, desires, um, their objections, their mindset, their fears. These things are really absolutely critical in marketplaces, um, so much more so than any other typical business mm. um, because mindset challenges are um typically a marketplace is normally uh, disrupting something and it's kind of creating a new way of doing something as well so really getting to the core of the 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 people actually using your marketplace is absolutely critical Um, and then yeah coming into this core and actually communicating it really clearly in a way that it it shows that they understand the end user is Mm -hmm. critical as well yeah we often find in in marketing that you know, people really need their hand held at this point to understand how to do something that's completely different from the way that they have always done it. And it's quite a, you know, it's a big ask, isn't it, for for a brand to sort of take, you know, take someone down a path of doing something that's literally brand new. But many marketplaces mm. are 
are doing that. So um, that that part is, you know, is, is, is so crucial, isn't it? It really is. It really is. And, and I do find that um, because a lot of founders are so close to their platform as well, they just assume that people uh, mm-hmm. really get it on mm-hmm. the level that they do. Um, but unless if they're really, really careful in the way that they, they word things, how they communicate, um, what it is that they're all about, um, and communicate that brand messaging, um, it can actually be missed, even though they're absolutely so passionate about this particular problem they're solving. If they're not communicating it clearly, it's just, yeah, it just um, can make things super challenging challenging for them when they try to gain that initial traction and to really grow up yeah you I mean we're obviously immersed in this world and a lot of these ideas are very familiar to us I always think a good test is is when you talk about a marketplace platform idea to somebody you know who's not immersed in this world and quite often the reaction can be oh I didn't know you could do that um so say for example you can you know rent out your driveway um for someone else to park in and and earn money on via Mm -hmm. an app for that and and often the um the reaction will be gosh I I didn't know you could do that and then that's when you realize that that messaging and that education piece is so core because if you know if people Mm -hmm. around you if if the man on the street doesn't even know that you can do that you've got some real work to do in actually selling that idea to somebody because you've got to actually explain that it's a thing in the first place haven't you it's not like um selling a chocolate bar exactly. yeah so exactly me... people yeah sorry no i was i was going to um move on to the um the tools section because i think that's really yeah. um, an interesting part of of the map um, and one that i can imagine um that people might not um might not see us sitting on the map and seeing it as as being um, somewhere else, which which isn't the case at all. It's very much part of it, isn't it? So what sort of tools are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. So pillar number three is the tools and interactions. Um, now, this, for those of you who have watched the um, the master's session that I've ran, um, I spoke through um, some critical elements that you really need to understand as far as a marketplace. And that talks about um, our job as a marketplace founder is really about getting people from um, uh, place A to place B, place B being their point of true success. Um, now, true success um, varies depending on what your platform is all about. Um, but essentially, if you look at it from their point of view, what you want to do is really move them through your platform so they can actually achieve the particular thing that they set out to achieve. Um, so, for example, if you look at um, Airbnb being the, the most obvious, um, somebody who's looking to um, go on a holiday and they're looking for a place to stay, their point of true success is going through the, the process of actually finding a place that's suitable for them, going through, booking it, um, having the stay, and then post the stay, um, being able to look back uh, and go, yep, that was a, a great visit, it, it ticked all the boxes and achieved what I wanted to achieve. That's what I consider to be true success. And that true success is based on what we know from talking to real people, real users. It's not an assumption. Um, so if you kind of imagine that journey, um, what we need to do with tools and interactions is really understand what are the different touch points throughout that journey that need to really happen in order to make that um, journey successful. And then we start to really break down how do we reduce friction along that journey. Um, and that's our job as a marketplace founder is to really move people through that journey as quickly and efficiently as possible um, without stressing them out and, and causing frustration. 
Um, now, if you imagine kind of two loans um, parallel to each other, there's interactions that happen between both your supply and your demand sides, um, and in between that is your platform as well. And one of the big challenges, and this is where the optimization of a, a marketplace comes into it, um, when we're optimizing a platform, we really need to understand what this journey should look like. And we then start to break down and understand how it's, um, where those interaction failures are occurring. And by doing that, it enables us to really start to optimize, um, optimize effectively. And this is where we look at um, things like your, your key interactions and um, different tools and features that enable that journey to happen smoothly. So, um, and it's all about really empowering the users to really get the jobs done that they need to do through your platform. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily tools and features, which people might be kind of thinking of, although it definitely comes into that, but it's really about stripping it back to that journey and really understanding exactly what are the core essentials we need to be offering um, the users to to achieve the result they're out to achieve. Okay, so would that be things like um, sort of trust ratings and and um, and payments and these sorts of things that you're kind of adding to the the platform, or, or not mm -hmm. necessarily just that. Yeah. So generally, when I think about this particular one, um, things like the trust ratings, they would come under the trust and credibility pillar typically. Yeah. Um, we strip it back to things like uh, things that are critical to the actual function, uh, critical to that success happening within the platform. Um, so the payment, for example, that's definitely critical. Mm -hmm. um, so making sure that payments can go through smoothly. Um, another one, for example, would be um, the uh, chat facility um, or the booking feature, the calendar, things like that that enable right. people to actually book mm -hmm. um, and, and things like that. Mm -hmm. And you talked um, earlier about matchmaking and, and the importance of, mm -hmm. of that. Um, it's something, again, I would imagine gets overlooked. Is that sort of assumption that you're going to, once you're on there, you're going to find the, the other side of the equation. But that's not the case at all, is it? No, no. And this is something that became really obvious to me after I'd worked on the redesign of, a, um, of such experiences for for a few different marketplace platforms. Um, as I mentioned, my, my background being UX, so I've worked on a UX um, process, uh, UX piece for search quite often. Uh, and during this, it became really obvious that um, it didn't matter how many listings you have on your platform and what quality those listings are, if you can't actually match, make people, um, connect people with the correct listings, um, it's it's just your platform's not going to work and people are going to leave because they're not finding the results they're looking for. Even if it is just kind of sitting there buried on the side a little bit, you really need to make sure that what they're looking for is surfaced to the top. Mm -hmm. And that's absolutely critical. Um, the matchmaking can come in a few different formats. Um, so things like your the obvious search experience that we would see on something like um, a, a real estate uh, platform or a car rental platform, for example, where you're, you're searching for the, the key features we're looking for. Um, and the match and recommendation engine is also another um, uh, strategy that would come into to play here as well, potentially, depending on the, the type of platform. Um, and creation, uh, curation is key here as well. So it's a matter of filtering up the, the high-quality listings that match um, the users. Um, uh, the user's needs and um, really using that to your advantage essentially as well. So would that be something like, um, it's quite popular these days, 
and I love as a feature on a platform when I'm using it is the kind of if you like this you'll like this type function where you're getting kind of cross recommendations from the platform as to something that also might be of interest to you is that is that the type of feature that might fit into that category uh yeah we kind of cross over this this particular category and also under the growth category as well um so that's kind of looking at your upsells and things like that which um, is certainly useful um the matchmaking focuses predominantly on the core um well, I guess it kind of yeah no it would come under here mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. so yeah it really focuses in on making sure that um, when somebody comes to your platform for the first time um they usually come along and will run a um, in the case of the search engine that you have on your platform, they might put in a couple of features that they're looking for and they'll run the search. Even if they're not necessarily keen to buy, they'll still kind of explore and just see what you've got on offer. Mm-hmm. If you're not impressing them with that first um, round of listings that, that are coming up, if they don't see the breadth of what you're offering associated to their needs, um, it can be something that will turn them off and could actually prevent them from coming back time and time again uh, in the future. Yeah. And the so, next yeah. area of the map um, is the trust and credibility, which will be, um, which you've talked about in in a lot more depth in in your session for the master's program. So we can probably um, refer people um, to that great session and um, and talk briefly about the the three remaining areas of the map in the time we've mm-hmm. got, which is the the business model and yeah. profitability, the growth, and and also this. Um, final part of the map which is the emotional layer so do talk us briefly through those because I think this is um it creates such a a great picture um to to be able to bring this this map into into our minds yeah yeah so the pillar number six um is a business and revenue model uh and this even though the the marketplace map focuses predominantly on the product itself uh, and product design um the revenue model and business model still really come into this into play here because uh depending on the strategy you're using for your revenue model obviously impacts on the friction that's created in that journey and whether you're turning away people due to to the revenue model um, and also find a profitability something that I'm, I'm super passionate about because it's something that I do see a lot of platforms really struggle with um, and it can be quite overlooked particularly in the early days and I think mm. this is one of the big changes I've noticed over the last few years is that big switch from um, a lot of startups going through raising capital and it was less based on profitability and more on the, on the potential of the platform itself um, where now that switch is really changing over to investors that are looking for um, marketplaces that can prove that they're profitable and that have that profitability structure in play from day one mm-hmm. um, do you think so that's really something that I'm quite passionate about do you think that, that that's um, anything to do with the fact that some of these big platforms, um, the one you know, the ones I talk I'm talking about, have reached sort of mm. IPO stage without actually um, profitability or any prospect of that as reported? Um, because I, I presume that investors are kind of wondering, yeah, if there's a, maybe a, mm. a, a second wave coming that might show, you know, profits a bit sooner than um, sooner than that. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I think there's now that there's kind of a little bit more transparency around those, those bigger platforms um, and the, the realisation as to exactly um, how it's all kind of playing out for them now that they are, have scaled and, and have ultimately reached that kind of, um, I guess, end goal is probably the wrong word, mm. but they've ultimately reached that, that kind of level. 
um, yeah, I think it certainly highlights the need that um, that profitability is really important, um, and it's something that um, that I, I believe is possible. No, no, it's, platforms are so broad, um, but I'm, I'm always a, um, a big believer in creativity can solve a lot of problems um and i think profitability is one of those as well where Mm -hmm. you can um, quite carefully um, craft your platform around that that as being a focus Mm -hmm. there's some interesting uh discussions um as part of the the master's program and actually these um podcasts that i've been doing around the importance of the right insurance when it comes to profitability it's not Mm -hmm. something that people necessarily would connect and that's absolutely fascinating because obviously it pays a, a a big part in um, mm. in profitability and then growth obviously is the next um area on the on the map yeah yeah so this number um, pillar number seven um so we kind of talk about growth and retention and that side of things and this is one of the the really wonderful things about marketplaces um in that once you have that critical mass um you really do start to gain that, those network effects that are building up your, your platform time and time again so if you can structure your um, product in a way and strategize in the way that you're designing your product, you can actually really ultimately design a product that is going to let you can leverage in the future um, as far as that growth. So this is why growth is actually brought into the marketplace map. Um, because it looks at things like the, the category density and how you do your crossover funnels. How do you transfer people from one side to the other side of your platform? So from a, a supplier to somebody who might be become a customer or vice versa. Uh, it also looks at things like retention as well. So it's it's quite an interesting uh, interesting pillar. Yeah, and then the um, emotional layer have I said that is that right is that the description that's right (laughs) which I love which I love the sound of because um, that's a that's a great final um area of the map so to tell us briefly about, about that yeah yeah so the emotional layer now this is one that I didn't originally um have this included on the marketplace map but then the more reading I was doing and the more I was talking to other to different platforms realized that um one of the big challenges that they're experiencing was around retention um and obviously retaining users on a long-term basis is always the the end game Uh, and the emotional layer really talks to the fact that if you can unlock something there's this magical something that lives within your platform um, and the platforms that are doing it right really, really get this. Um, if you can tap into this emotional layer, um, it's really hard to, to describe, but and it's really hard to, to really pinpoint within a platform as well because it can take years to really discover it. But it's essentially where some, um, your users will feel that, that emotional connection to your brand mm-hmm. uh, and the emotional connection to what it is that you're offering and that, that pain that you're solving for them. And it actually creates this um, uh, this uh, connection to your brand that's basically um, impossible to break. It means that you're no longer competing with other platforms that might be doing something similar because you're, you're tr- um, truly offering that emotional element essentially that will make a huge difference. So it's almost like that layer comes from from kind of getting all the the other parts of the the map right it's that kind of alchemy isn't it it's the the kind of 
the, the sort of secret ingredient that only comes when you, you've worked at, at all the other areas, um, which is, you know, very exciting. When it, I suppose it's like when the stars are in line, isn't it, that that, that part will just will fall into place. Um, but you have to, to do all the groundwork first. It's just not going to happen mm. on its own, um, which is... Exactly. Um, yeah, which is for a marketplace founder, obviously... A wonderful moment but for us watching mm. from the sidelines wonderful too because it's always great to be able to find brilliant examples of this um and also to you know just to, to watch a business model that we're passionate about succeed as well that's right exactly exactly um what's your favorite brand that you feel has has got the emotional layer right that um yeah have you got a, a favorite um, marketplace that that gets that part right uh, this one isn't exactly a marketplace as such, but it's certainly got the peer-to-peer element in it, um, and that's Strava. Um, so that's the app where, um, where people who love to ride bikes, um, who love to cycle, um, they can actually um, can basically – so what, what Strava have done, they've really tapped into the fact that cyclists love to ride their bikes. Um, they love to go on long trips. Um, then there's also a level of com- um, competition and camaraderie about it as well. So Strava had actually um, been able to connect into that and realise that even if a cyclist is riding on their own, they can still feel connected to other people and compete against other people and so on um, that are also on the app. So it was really interesting in the way that they've really managed to tackle that and identify how they can um can really bring in that element that people are really looking for that social connection mm-hmm. essentially um so yeah that's one of my, my favorite yeah, examples and, and you can see how a lot of that that success comes from knowing their audience really well yes um which yeah. is crucial isn't it and obviously something i, I like to wax lyrical mm. about but yeah you're right it's just tapping in isn't it and understanding and yeah. and and solving a, a problem and then, you know, yeah. and then, then you get that amazing alchemy. Thank you so much, Beck. Mm-hmm. It's been absolutely fascinating. Now, I know that you've very kindly set up some downloadables just for Marketplace Risk. You don't happen to, to recall the, the URL for that, do you, off the top of your head, um, that we can refer people to? Otherwise, we can just um, include that in our social links. Yeah, yeah, um, it is um, marketplaceplaybook.com forward slash mpr dash amplify so that's our mpr for marketplace risk uh, dash amplify brilliant so yeah and uh, there um, is a bundle that includes the marketplace map so if you're curious about what that marketplace map looks like that's the best place to kind of get hold of that um, as well as some extra stuff around the um the trust and credibility pillar as well that's brilliant thank you so much for setting that up for us and thank you so much for being on the podcast today thank you very much it's been wonderful talking with you Thank you for tuning into the Master's Program Platform Podcast. Check out the Master's Program on the Marketplace Risk website at marketplacerisk.com, where you will find 12 tracks of content featuring over 80 speakers in more than 65 sessions. You can also download the mobile app to connect with participants, speakers, and sponsors from around the world. Be sure to follow us on social media at Marketplace Risk. Tune in next week for another podcast.